This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm Rose Sampson Folk and you're joining me after the Raptors' thrilling, boring, and enjoyable all wrapped into one victory over the Brooklyn Nets, the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference, 134-110. to Some quick highlights to shout out statistically. Karis LeVert with 15 points, 15 assists. Joe Harris had 19. Timothy Luwawu Cabarro, uh, affectionately referred to as TLC, um, from the Brooklyn Nets, 9 of 13 from the floor, 26 points, the most legitimate three-point answer the Nets had in this game. The Raptors, Fred Van Vliet, an even more legitimate three-point player, um, 8 for 10 from downtown, 11 of 15 from the floor, 30 points, 11 assists, 1 turnover, superb play. Pascal had 18 and 11, Serge punched in 22 points off the bench, a pretty easy game all things considered. And the Raptors, they held it down. Even though it got a little bit hairy uh, towards the end of the third quarter, they held it down. It was it was definitely doable. But the start of the game, it, it mirrored the end of the game, and most of the game, I should say. The Raptors dominated defensively right from the get-go. I thought the decision to put Van Vliet on Levert was pretty clever, seeing as how Levert did most of his damage when Van Vliet was off the floor, and he... You know, Levert was doing a great job of responding to that super in-your-face defense that Van Vliet plays and making good passes out of it, but the Raptors definitely did limit relentless downhill attacking style of play. And so the first bucket of the series comes from a pin down. 
Lowry popped off the top, Kanda triple, opened this thing up, and the Raptors doing a fairly good job, I think, of creating a lot of motion in their offense and being able to get around the Nets. The Nets, as everybody knows, not exactly well known for their defense, especially this rendition of them. I know they've played an analytically based defense, you know, when they, they really do like to drop low. Jared Allen likes to sit back in the paint, defend the rim, only the Nets aren't particularly good at chasing over the top and forcing teams into that middle ground, and especially if teams are coming downhill at a pace that they like, for example, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, they're really comfortable getting into the middle of the paint, stirring things up, and creating shots off of that. They also started pushing in transition a lot, which was something that was not always present in the bubble games. They did play slower. They had super, super dominant defense, so it didn't matter as much. But we saw a touchdown pass from Lowry to Siakam. And we saw Siakam start out headed to the rim early on. He had a corner three early on, too. So things were trending in the, the proper direction for the Raptors, I would say, definitively. And the Nets trying to respond to the the heavy pressure defense the Raptors were playing, setting screens higher up, setting drag screens and transition, basically anything to get Karis LeVert and Co. downhill to try and stir something up. And that did pay off towards the end of the game when the Raptors were having trouble. Not the end of the game, closer to the, the end of the middle of the game, I should say, the third quarter, where the Raptors couldn't really contain the Nets off the dribble stuff, their catch and shoot game was super rapid they created a lot of great looks from downtown but for the most part it was just one pass away the Raptors they played that aggressive defense the the net shooters like Cabro for example or Luwabu Cabro I should say for example did a great job of just finding like the soft spots and there's no hesitation in his pull-up game he was he was letting it fly as soon as the ball touched his hands and when you're gonna pull up like that you can find a lot of space for your shot you can let it go when you don't have that hesitation. So the Nets offense largely dependent on that aspect of what they do, that pull up from three and even pushing in transition. They really love to run out. And early on, the Raptors did a fantastic job of mitigating what they like to do, slowing them down, really pressuring the ball so that they couldn't get into those nice little looks they like to have. They always did a really good job of the weak side taking the roll man. A lot of times we're looking at Kyle Lowry, just making sure that they couldn't get anything going towards the rim. They had to hit a couple mid-rangers just to keep their offense alive. And so the Raptors immediately out of the gate, super, super dominant. Very, very impressive defensively and offensively. And that resulted in a 37-20 to 20 lead going into the second quarter. And that's not something that is particularly easy to do. 17 points is a, a fairly large lead after the first half. And so holding a team to 20 points and scoring 37 yourself, both super impressive. The start of the second quarter, I think, could be most easily identified by rapid and unforgiving punishing play by Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Serge Ibaka. The Nets really had a lot of trouble rebounding on the defensive end, both the two aforementioned Raptors, hounding the offensive glass, creating a lot of extra possessions. Guys like Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry with that great relocation on those secondary plays when the ball pops back out, creating some three-point looks. The Raptors really performing well from downtown, and part of that is from the Raptors getting those second chances. And so while those guys typically aren't the lifeblood of the team, at least to start the second quarter, they had a very nice stretch in what they were able to provide to the Raptors. And the Raptors, they took that in for sure. It's also worth mentioning that the Serge Ibaka, Fred Van Vliet pick and roll looked the best it has in a long time. Fred really finding the pacing on that pocket pass, 
able to create those angles that aren't always available to him. Serge Ibaka, I think, doing a great job of finding either the short roll or the pop, just able to navigate his way in the middle of the Brooklyn Nets defense. And once again, Fred doing a fantastic job, not only of finding Serge on the roll or popping, but being able to create his own offense. And that's where the Nets, who don't typically chase over the top very well, but have a dropping big, Fred Van Vliet found space to pull up from three and not even these extended pull-ups that he has to make a lot of the time because of his height, but he got to go right snuggle up close to the three-point line and launch away. And that was obviously very, very good for his game. Eight of 10 from downtown, some of that off catch and shoot, some of that off the pull-up. Either way, both very, very impressive. And the Raptors, they had a 33-point lead at one point, which is a little bit insane. Very, very large lead to have in the opening game of a playoff series and speaks to how ready they were and how uh, accomplished this team is and focused they are that they came out and did that. But the Nets, they broke off a 14-5 run and they got it back to 73-51 before going into halftime. But that's kind of how this game worked out, right? Is because the Raptors are the much better team, but the Nets, they do profile kind of as a Cinderella team in the March Madness play well not playoffs but in the March Madness tournament who need one game where they can just load up on triples and see if they get the variance that they want for a night and so we didn't get that fully in this one but there were pockets of the game where the Nets really played fast hit a couple threes in a row and then broke off a run and we saw that at the start of the third quarter as well some runouts that the Nets were getting some triples basically always the same thing until the very end of the third quarter where we saw Jared Allen find the space as a roll man. Levert kind of got into the lane. But to start the third quarter, still dependent on those runouts, dependent on transition, dependent on corner triple looks, dependent on spacing out the drive and kick game. So even though the Raptors, they find Siakam for a post up, he gets a bucket, OG blocks a triple, but the Nets still, you know, finding forward progression, still making their way back into this game, even pulling up so close as 14 points. And then getting so close as eight points. And this is where some people might have wanted to worry, but it is a game of runs. And the Raptors, they are not 33 points in the first half better than the Nets. That's not something they can sustain. That's not something that is just going to happen every game. That the, the talent disparity is large, and the Raptors ideally should sweep this series or the gentlemen sweep in five games. But it's not we beat them by 60 points every game type of disparity. So the Raptors, they get a little complacent. They're not fighting over screens as hard. So the the Nets, especially Karis LeVert, more downhill action, more downhill progress can get the defense moving. Seeing how they're responding to the back end of the defense, getting a little bit more intelligent in how they operate with the guy who's taking the roller, getting a little bit smarter about putting Joe Harris on the opposite side of actions, one of the best three-point shooters in the league, so that they're a little bit less hesitant to take the roller. So there you go. Now Jared Allen has a little bit more room to get to the rim. Maybe he gets a couple dunks. Maybe he gets to the line a couple times. Maybe there's room for him to grow. And then if they do want to tag him, if they think, okay, enough of this, the ball gets sprayed to the opposite corner. Joe Harris hits a triple. Luwawu Cabarro hits a triple. One of those three or four things happening. Or Levert just snakes into the lane, gets an end one. And they climb within eight points. They do their thing. But they go into the fourth down nine, and the Raptors come out, and Kyle Lowry says, okay, enough of this. We're going to handle this. I'm going to take the ball. I'm going to get downhill on the other end. We have nothing to worry about. He gets a little dribble, handoff action, heads straight to the bucket, draws some free throws. 
signals to everybody, okay, when we want to manufacture points, we can, and we're going to get out ahead of this as well. And also on top of that, with with Lowry possessing the ball a little bit more, that means that Van Vliet started playing off ball, and man alive, his off ball work has always been some of his best. He's he's fantastic off ball. I've always loved his off ball work, and so he's getting open on relocation. He hits a couple triples. The Raptors extend the lead back up to 15. OG also hits a triple. OG emerged in the fourth quarter as well. His I guess the highlight play of his was he caught a an offensive rebound in traffic, and then there was a guy on his back immediately. He immediately spun off of him and went up for this huge dunk, and it got tipped and didn't really go down with thunderous applause or anything, but the ball went in. He, he got an end one, and so just for a guy like OG, who had to be quiet all game and was good defensively, but just with Fred Van Vliet going off for like 30 points, Pascal sleepwalking 18, but using quite a few possessions just because of how high his free throw numbers were, which was a good sign as well. Pascal being able to get to the line is good. Serge Ibaka providing that nice type of offense as the release valve in a lot of ways and spacing out to the three-point line better than we've seen recently. So a lot of the possessions not really going or funneling towards OG Ananobi, and typically that's where he finds his offense is as a tertiary option. So him waiting around, providing all the stuff he usually does, and then once his it's his time to shine, immediately stepping in and being able to play great offense to be that fantastic tertiary option that he is. Super fun to watch him emerge. The Raptors recaptured that special type of pace they had on offense in this game against a lackluster Nets defense since... They hardly played Marcus All at all in the second half, and I think that led to a lot of a lot of troubling uh, possessions defensively. Maybe I would say they were definitely missing him on the defensive end. It it affected how Allen worked uh, as far as rim running too, along with what I said about the taking the roll man, etc. Earlier on, but trying to figure out, okay, we just have to adjust and go forward like this. I'm not sure if Gasol tweaked something or if anything happened, but. Serge Ibaka ended up playing 25 minutes, Gasol ended up playing 20 minutes, and Gasol didn't close the game. Gasol, I don't even think he touched the floor in the fourth quarter. So, interesting stuff, but notable. I thought Terrence Davis had a really, really nice finish to this game. He didn't get any play at all, really, in the first half. So, he came in at the end of the third quarter. He had a big three. He also pushed in transition early and often in the fourth quarter and helped the Raptors get out to that larger lead, and I think was really, really good at picking his spots in this game. And he had very, very nice shine because the Nets, as it happens, obviously were watching a lot of Matt Thomas film. They knew exactly how to play him off of the pin downs, off of the curls, off of the hawk screens. They knew how to chase him, and they knew make him put the ball down and try and funnel him towards the middle of the floor. And he wasn't as savvy as, like, say, Kyle Lowry. So if he comes off and he curls... There's not much he can do once he gets into the middle of the floor. He just wasn't trying to be the mid-range guy that he has been in a couple games this year. So he didn't get much of the ball and didn't do much with it as far as Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. It's clear what he brings to the defensive end, but he's such a minus offensively, even though he did provide that big punch on the offensive glass earlier. The third quarter when he's playing, it does mitigate a lot of what Siakam likes to do as well, It especially Siakam. Hollis Jefferson has a very, they have a very tough time coexisting. I don't like those minutes almost ever. So if he's trying to showcase for that eighth man in rotation, I don't know if today was super good. Like he did, he did find some spots as like sliding into the weak side dunker spot 
or getting on the offensive glass. But as far as how he fits with the team, ideally, I'm not sure he's the guy. And so, like for the eighth man spot, I mean, he can always come in and play and provide a little bit of breaks to the the front court, of course. But I mean, we'll see. The Nets play small, so maybe the you know Nurse wants to get away with only playing Gasol a little bit and saving him for a series against the Celtics or saving him for a series against the Bucks, whatever it ends up being. But Hollis Jefferson for this series, I'm sure will get minutes, but I don't know about going farther. So Terrence Davis having a game like this where it's a guard-heavy series, definitely when you look at these two teams, he played well, he showcased himself, and I thought that was that was definitely important. And the Raptors, they pull away 134 to 110. Super easy win. They close things up. Very, very relaxing. The Reggie Evans Award goes to Fred Van Vliet, not only because he was effortless and diligent pushing in pseudo transition and transition which is such an important part of his offensive game is just getting out in the open floor letting the guys around him the the great athletes that surround him kind of fill in the lanes and letting him decide if he wants to shoot if he wants to pass whatever happens there and he put, he's got such great stamina that he just plays all game Nick Nurse loves to ride his stamina and just make sure that you can rely on Fred Van Vliet. He can go out and give you a 42-minute game at the drop of a hat. And so in that 42 minutes, he won't quit on defense or offense. He'll push in transition. He'll relocate off ball. He'll be active on defense. He'll chase on defense. He does all those things. And in this game, being Levert's primary off the start of the game, obviously the focal point of the Nets offense is Karis Levert. So playing great defense on him initially and his offensive output was... It was immaculate. It was a really, really good Fred Van Vliet game. He's still making the case for being the best Raptor in the bubble so far. And I think I think I would agree with that. The top quick reaction comment is from Smoothie King Zion, who says, let's go Sixers. Uh, yeah, I part of me really wants to see that Celtics series. But if you mean let's go Sixers, as in let's make the Celtics play a really long series before they get to the Raptors. Hell yeah. And I really like Joel Embiid, so I'd love to see him dominate against what is a pretty small team in uh, the Boston Celtics. So yes, I think I agree with that. Let's go Sixers. I'd I'd really like watching Joel Embiid do his thing and seeing how the Sixers can be scrappy with him and maybe they'll incorporate some more Josh Richardson and Joel Embiid dribble handoffs and maybe it'll get fun. But I don't know. There's there's players to like on Boston too. But yeah, let's go Sixers is fine enough as a comment, I think. Uh, definitely, It definitely shows who you want in the second round, for sure. But that's it for me. Let's get out of here. We're all done. Raptors versus Nets game one. Officially 1-0 and on the road to the repeat. That's it for me. Thank you very much for listening. Whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, I've been Samson Folk, and have a blessed day. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. When you're a pro, your reputation is built and proven over time. That's why the Home Depot carries Loctite PL Premium Max Construction Adhesive, the strongest on the market. It stays 100% solid after curing. It won't develop air pockets. And like your reputation, it holds up over time. 
Right now, get 12 or more for the bulk price of only $8.53 each. Loctite PL Premium Max at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Minimum purchase required, U.S. only.